And again, happy Mother's Day to our mothers, both here and online. You know, we very much appreciate our mothers. And, you know, some of the qualities that a mother instinctively shows towards us, you know, of how they instinctively love, you know, they're compassionate, tender and gentle. And, um, but I was kind of thinking of the qualities of a mother and of the significance of that, you know, they don't originate with the mother. They actually originate with God, that God created the mother to be as they are towards us. Um, and, but in that sense that to represent him, I mean, we think of him as our heavenly father, but he also, those qualities of a mother come from him. And he illustrates that through the role of a mother as he does with different qualities with the role of the father. And, and so a mother in a sense shows what he is also like towards us. You know, there's a verse in Isaiah where he's prophesying of God meeting with Israel and how she's going to be restored and God's going to uh, meet with his people. And, and it describes it in this way, which I thought was pretty significant. This is Isaiah 66, verse 12. And it says, For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then you will be fed on her sides. You shall be carried uh, dandled on her knees. But then verse 13, as one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Even though he's our heavenly father and Jesus is his son, right? There's that masculine sense of, of the Godhead, but he's also our comforter. And that's one of the names of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, as, as he's described. And, and so there's that aspect that God wants us to know and experience him in these qualities, in these aspects, as we see in the mother, so we can experience from God. And in essence, this is why he came to earth. In fact, he, he expressed this to us, to his people. He longed for his people to meet him in this way. Jesus said, this at the end of his life and ministry in a, in a longing way he said this in Matthew 23:37 you know he looked over the city as as he was going to go to his end to the cross he looked over at, at his ministry for three and a half years and his time on earth and and he said this o jerusalem jerusalem the one who kills the prophets and stone the stones those who are sent to her those who i have sent how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. And, and it gives that sense. It's not even just when Jesus was on earth, but like he as, as God, the God of Israel throughout their history, so often wanted to gather them as a mother hen gathering her chicks to protect them, pull them close under her wings. And, and it was it was a longing, but it was a regret in this instance as he's expressing it because they would not. They wouldn't respond to him in the way he would have them. I think it quite profound that, the, that Jesus, as the Son of God, come to earth, he's portraying himself and his people with these same qualities 
of a mother, a mother hen gathering her chicks. And so, you know, these aspects are aspects of the Godhead. And we've listed several of the, you know, mentioned several of those motherly qualities, you know, of love and compassion. But I want to list one that the Apostle Paul brings out, one that can speak to us. Um, because after all, these are not only qualities that the Lord and the Holy Spirit reveal to us. They're qualities that God wants us to know, to experience, and then to emulate, then to portray in our lives for other people. You know, we are called to be the bride of Christ. That means that there's aspects of these qualities that man, woman, or child, we need to have those in our lives. And so the Apostle Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church and how he went there to minister, and, and he's reminding them in his letter how he related to them during his visit and ministry. And in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, it says, but we, and you could say Paul and his ministry team, it says, we were gentle among you. You kind of get the thought that he set the tone and everyone who ministered with him had to align themselves with this same conduct, not just his preaching, but his conduct. Because he says, we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. That was Paul's style of leadership, which can be surprising when you think of how he's described in the past, right? He was not necessarily a gentle person in the past. And sometimes, you know, people who are one thing when they're not saved, sometimes you think, well, that can carry over because it's a character trait and so forth, but it did not carry over. He was not like he was before. We were gentle among you, like a nursing mother. There's nothing harsh that you can think of of a mother nursing a little baby because, you know, they can't handle it. And, well, they're not designed to experience that. They need soft, a soft, gentle touch. He treated them with gentleness. Of course, that's one of the premier qualities you think of in a mother um, that we consider you know, if, if children have done something wrong and they're, you could say, deserve punishment, quite often, who do they go to? Who would they rather ha administer that punishment? It's, it's the mother. They know there's something in their nature that <laughs> maybe the spanking will be a little softer. <laughs> it's, it's her nature. But we're also considering this as a quality that all of us are, are called to emulate because it's a quality of the Godhead, of the Holy Spirit and the Father and, and the Son. And so Paul is bringing this out. One of the main qualities he displayed in his ministry to the body of Christ and to the Thessalonian church was gentleness and how he, how he related to them. And of course, in the world, you know, if, if someone is gentle, a gentle creature, they kind of equate that with weakness, don't they? Because they think, well, if you're going to be, if you're going to make it, then you got to be tough. You got to be no holds barred. It doesn't matter how you treat people. It's just achieving your objective and and so forth. But we realize that's the way of the world, which is opposite of the way of Christ. You know, the world might think a gentle person, oh, they can't handle 
the, the harsh things of life. I think Paul must have been a pretty hard person back in the day. He knew what hardness was uh, before he came to the Lord because it says in Acts 9, he says, it says, Acts 9, 1 says, he went breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples and, you know, disciples of the Lord and the church and so forth. I mean, there was a profound change that took place, not just in his theology, not just in believing in Christ, you know, not just in, in, in what truth he understood. It was a profound change in his heart and how he related to others. Gentleness is something that is worked out in us because it's a fruit of the Spirit, right? In Galatians 5, which I think we'll, yeah, we read, read that in a minute. But um, there was that profound change so that Paul said, like that nursing mother cherishes her children. Literally in the Greek, it means to make them warm, kind of like hug them and make them feel all warm and fuzzy inside. You know, like a nice fire warms you up when you stand by it and you, especially when it's chilly out, you stand by that fire and it radiates into you. You know, that's what the Apostle Paul tried to do. He tried to radiate the love and comfort and gentleness of Christ into, into the church. He tried to warm their spirits, to encourage them, to lift them up. When they did something wrong, he dealt with it, but so that they would be built up in Christ. And that caused them to grow. Now, you could give a definition for gentle would mean to be mild, meek, soft, not rough. I forget where I got this. It must have been from somewhere. I didn't put it down, but uh, I think it was Webster's, but don't quote me on that. But it to have a gentle nature, a gentle disposition, peaceable, you know? And so that, that kind of, and you notice in that definition, there's many uh, of words that are kind of listed in the fruit of the Spirit. That thought of how the Holy Spirit is, is that gentle, soft, peaceable spirit. And let's read that, if we could, Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there's no law. There's no law that can, that can contradict, that can come against these qualities when they're in our life. We fulfill the law when the fruit of the Spirit is developed. And uh, The Greek word used here for gentleness, I'll I hope no one speaks Greek because I'm. It's cresto, crestotes. I'm probably butchering that one, but uh, but it gives the thought of being easy or mellow. And that's a good description of how we want to be towards others. Easy to accept, a mellow person, um, and you know the Holy Spirit wants to produce this, this mellowness, this easiness in us so that it's easy for people to accept what we're saying and because we're trying to share Christ and be an example of Christ. And, you know, if, if someone is not that way, you know, the world com comes up with terms for Christians. And unfortunately, sometimes it's true. I mean, you know, have you ever heard the term Bible basher? All right. 
Um, you know, people come up with that terms because how you speak the truth to someone matters almost as much as what truth you're speaking. Because you can say the truth, but you can say it in a way that is not gentle and not loving. And what that does is shuts people off to the truth. And what good is it to speak the truth if we shut their heart to it because of how we conduct ourselves? And so gentleness is almost always needed towards people in some way, you know, to be gentle, to be meek in a situation is, is so often required in this life because of who we have to deal with. Gentleness, you could say, it's kind of like you mix that in. It's like eating good fruit. You know, what makes fruit pleasant to eat is its sweetness. If it's sour, it's still fruit but it's lacking that sweetness that, that makes it digestible and easy to eat. You know, you might say, I paid a lot of money for this fruit and I'm going to eat it, but oh, it's not quite ripe or sweet. But that just to totally takes away the, the pleasure of that. And so mixing in that gentleness allows others to receive from us. And I think one of the greatest examples of, you know, other than Christ... Um, we can look to as, as the greatest king in Israel's history and his testimony, King David. Psalm 18 and verse 35, David is speaking of what God did and how God made him who he was. And he said, you have given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up and it's your gentleness that made me great. That is such a profound statement to me. When I think of how God took him through the school of the Spirit, which was someone chasing after him, trying to kill him. You know, how would you like to go through that school of the Spirit? <laughs> That's a practical school, right? It's not just spiritual. But he wrote this after he defeated Saul and became uh, king. It's a psalm of victory. And he's just kind of describing his rise from obscurity to the place of being used by God to lead Israel. And it gives us a reason for his greatness. Your gentleness has made me great. I, I just think about that. And it's like, if I was writing that in my own wisdom, there's about 15 other words I might insert there before I would pick gentleness, right? I might say, your power, your wisdom, your anointing, your strength has made me, and all of those would be appropriate in that sense, but David, being anointed by the Spirit, he 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 shares of what have how God lifted him up, and he and he says this: "Your gentleness made me great." That is so profound to me that the quality of gentleness played, and and in gen, David is expressing the largest part in his rise to to being chosen by God to be king, or or at least coming into that place. He became a great leader, someone who could lead almost anyone to victory. Now that's kind of a, a statement, isn't it? He could lead anyone. Well, how do we know that? It's because he did. He, he, he led some kind of rough characters into battle, transformed them into his mighty men. But we, we, start, we can read of how they started off. In 1 Samuel 22, 
In verse 2, when David was in the wilderness running from Saul, people heard about that and they said, well, let's go join him. And what kind of people were they? Everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontented, they gathered themselves and David became their captain and there was about 400 men. And probably maybe some families in there too and he was caring for how would you like to be in charge of that group? <laughs> you might say, well, 400 people, that's a good size for a church. But every single one of them was either distressed or in debt. And you know how happy you are when you're in debt. Uh, discontent. What a, what a bunch of unhappy, touchy people. And he had no choice. If he was harsh with them, they would have said, see you later, David. Or they would have responded in a, in a not nice way. He was almost forced to be gentle, and he probably cried out, oh, Lord, help me <laughs> to lead these people. And, and God responded to him, be gentle. And, and we know we're talking about gentleness as a fruit of the Spirit, as something that only come from God. I'm sure a lot of his prayer time was, God, help me to be gentle. And at the end, well, not at the end of his life, but at you know, as he's looking back at this point, he says, Lord, it was your gentleness that made me the king I am, that made me great. And so God surrounded him with people that were very touchy and challenging. And that gentleness is what made the difference in David. It has to be developed. It has to be cried out for. And we, you know, in, in one sense, we, we don't really have a choice. We have to do this. And why is that? Because God was gentle with us. He was patient. He is gentle with us. He is patient with us. And so he's calling us to respond in the same way. Paul gave Titus uh, a reason why, another, in another verse, we should be gentle towards others. Titus 3 and verse 2. We're to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Verse 3. For we ourselves were also sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving lusts and pleasures and living in malice and envy and hateful, hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Why should we be kind towards others and make that effort of developing the, this fruit of gentleness because he was gentle to us and he is gentle to us. Because when we were in foolishness and sometimes when that crops up and we do things that aren't according to what God would like and we have to come, Lord, I'm sorry. He's so gentle. He's so very gentle. And so Paul says, remember what you were like and how God has been so good and gentle. And that is a good reason why we need to be gentle with others. He uses the word uh, brawlers. You know, don't be brawlers. Literally, literally, that means unpeaceable or a creator of strife. Right Now, no, none of us go around, hopefully, brawling, right? <laughs> in that sense of how we use the word today. But 
you know, we have to be careful. Do, do our reactions or our conduct, does it create strife? Don't be a creator of strife. Instead, be gentle. Show gentleness and meekness unto all men. Unto all men is what he says. Sometimes it's like, well, okay, I'll do that at church. <laughs> but Paul says, to all mankind. So we need to learn to cultivate our reactions. Otherwise, it creates strife. Another verse from Paul, this time to Timothy 2 and verse 24, 2 Timothy 2.24 says, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. And there's that all again. He said it both to, to these two young men starting off in the ministry, Titus and Timothy. He said, you need to be gentle unto all. Apt to teach, patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, by chance, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. You know, it's not, we're not the ones responsible for bringing people to repentance. It's God. What are we responsible for? Being gentle and patient and loving with people until God brings them there. That's our, our responsibility. And so gentleness involves all of these different aspects. You know, patience, endurance, putting up with things we don't like. I heard a story of a soldier who was a believer, and he was must have been in the, in the infantry, and he, uh, um, how he responded to someone else changed their life. And the story goes that uh, one night, this private who was a believer came in from sentry duty. He was wet, cold, and tired, and he just wanted to get into bed. But as he always did, he got down on his knees and he knelt to prayer. And that really bothered another soldier. He thought, this guy's holier than thou. Um, and, you know, he was uh, kind of tormented for it. But there was one guy, um, he, when he saw that Christian soldier get down on his knees, he got his boots and his boots were covered in mud, and he went and threw them at him. Didn't do anything. So he got his other boot, threw it at him, and he didn't move. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just going to go to sleep. Well, so the guy who threw the boots, he woke up, and he looked at the bottom of his bed, and he saw the boots that he had thrown cleaned and shined at the bottom of his bed. And he said that that broke something in his heart. And he said, and, and in the story he said that that day he repented and he became a believer. Not because of how something was preached to him, simply because of his conduct. You know, and it wasn't just that he didn't say anything, but how he conducted himself in kindness and gentleness. That's what broke it. John Maxwell said, gentle people are not reactive, but proactive. A reactive person is controlled by the situation. And it, isn't that the case? And, you know, sometimes we as, as believers, you know, we're seeking to, to be like Christ and to respond, but yet sometimes the situation gets a hold of us and we become reactive. And I hate it when that happens. You know, you, the situation gets to us and we react to it. But how do you know we've overcome 
It's when that same situation comes again and instead we don't, we don't react to it, but instead we are proactive. We can do something that we know, okay, I'm going to respond in a better way. I'm not going to do what I would like to react, but instead I'm going to do what Christ would do as that soldier did. You know, he could have just ignored it and it's like, uh, toss those boots back over there and go to sleep. But instead he was proactive and said, how can I show the love of Christ to this man? To show him that not only am I not going to react to that, but I need to show love and well, I'll shine his boots. And it broke something. You know, and so we want to, be that person that's proactive, not reactive. Because the reactive person is controlled by the situation. Lord, help us. Now, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 6, 12. And the, the second part of the verse, he said, I will not be brought under the power of anything, but Christ is the implication. I won't be brought under the power of anything. You know, there's a lot of things that aren't, you know, necessarily specified in Scripture for what we can do or not do. But here's the Apostle Paul's perspective. If it's going to bring me under another power, I don't want it. End of story. Whatever it is, whether it's something in the world or, or, or something where if there's anything that's controlling me in a way that's going to hinder my walk with Christ... I will not be brought under that power. You know, we don't want to be controlled by situations. and Instead, we want to control our reactions by the Spirit of Christ within us. You know, we're telling people who we are through our reactions. Not through our words, necessarily, but through our reactions. Because we know words can, can be easily said, but our reactions determine really what's going on inside. That can have a great effect upon people. You know, Proverbs 25, 15, last verse. Proverbs 25, 15 says, by long forbearing, the implication is probably some gentleness and meekness and all that involved. By long forbearing is a prince persuaded, a soft tongue breaks the bone. That's what brought the breaking in that story with that soldier. You know, even at even David at times was tested and he came close. A couple times he came close to being controlled by the situation. One of those times was with Nabal. Remember the story of Nabal? David thought I'm going to I'm going to show good character. I'm going to show godly character and he protected Nabal's sheep and his men didn't have any food and he just sent, maybe, maybe he'll be gracious and give us some food. Um, instead, he insulted David in a low place. And boy, that was just about all he could take. And he, you know, when you say lost it, I don't know, he, he came close to it, where he was sending men to destroy all of Nabal's house. But we know someone inter saved that situation, and it was Abigail. She saw what was happening and she intervened. She reacted differently. She loaded up the donkeys with food and provisions for David and his men. She chose her words wisely, basically saying, please forgive the foolishness of my husband. Have mercy. You know, he proclaimed him to be a wise leader, that God would bless him and make him king. And, you know, her 
reactions and words melted any anger in David because of how she responded in that situation. You know, if Nabal had heard uh, that David was coming and he sent out his servants to fight a battle, and even if he had defeated David, he could not have gotten the level of victory that Abigail did. Abigail got a complete victory through her gentle and meek response and humble response. And so we consider this need to be gentle. It's the way to greatness. It's the way to victory. But it has to be developed because it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something we can't just say today, I'm going to be gentle today. We have to say, Lord, help me to be gentle today. Lord, put your gentleness within me because it's divine. There's nothing in our human nature that can replicate that because at some point we'll be tested beyond our ability. And that's where God and his spirit has to take over. And, you know, David, at the end of his reign, you know, and, and into his reign as king, he had his mighty men. But we already read they didn't start out that way. They started out in a pretty deplorable state as they were, they were miserable. They were probably terrible to, to deal with. But a work was done in David as much as in his men, wasn't it? A work of gentleness. He had to have a soft and uh, had, had right reactions in dealing with them. You know, sometimes to become gentle, we have to be softened. The, the hardness and the roughness has to be dealt with in us. And remember the vision Pastor Bailey had, or, or the experience, I should say, when he was taken to heaven and, and he was going to cross over the river and he was led by the angel through the river in heaven and, and he felt a realization of what was going on in his heart. He saw hardness was being slowly washed, but he got to the other side and realized, I'm still hard. And he asked the angel, can I go back through? The river and he went through it three times and his heart was softened and God spoke to him of the importance of gentleness from this from Psalm 18 and you know sometimes we need to act, cry out to God Lord lead me through your cleansing river cleanse me you know like in the temple the priests had to continually come to that labor every time they wanted to pass through into the holy place they had to wash they had to be cleansed from their daily life and sometimes we have to do that and you know today we can come to the lord and say lord just lord soften me wash me if there's hardness cleanse that from me so that i can i can portray that gentleness as i'm calling out calling out to be lord make me a part of your bride if that's it then we have to have the gentleness of christ right reactions a soft tongue a soft touch so that we can be like Paul, gentle among all. Even as a nursing mother makes her little children feel all warm and cozy inside. So on this Mother's Day, we honor our mothers because God created them to be a picture of who he is towards us and, and also who, how we are to become in relation to him and in relation to all men, especially in their gentleness. And so let's ask the Lord, Lord, develop this fruit of your spirit in me. We might be tested. 
<laughs> Don't be surprised when God brings in the men and the people into our lives that are in the state of David's mighty men in the beginning. It's so that we can respond in a right way to them, but also so they can do a work in us of gentleness. We might come across with some upset, cranky people. But how we respond to them is what matters. And as we develop his gentleness, it will make us great in the kingdom of God. Father, we just thank you. Lord, thank you for your conduct towards us. Lord, your love, your gentleness, your compassions, they fail not. Lord, we thank you for how you've related to us in the past, how you relate to us today. And Lord, we just cry out to you, Lord, that you would meet with each of us. Lord, we even invite you, Lord, if there's places in our hearts, in our lives that need to be cleansed, would you do so by your spirit? Bring us through your river. Wash us. Make us like you, Lord, that we can uh, be used by you, that your gentleness would make us great, we ask. Lord, we thank you for our mothers. Lord, we ask a blessing to be upon them. Lord, bless our mothers who are here. We thank you for how they have lived, how they have loved, how they've sacrificed for others. We pray that you would bless them this year and increase upon them, we ask. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless you.